Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Coaches Road podcast. Today, we are joined by Jochen Molling. And from my side, it's a more personal interview because I know Jochen, meanwhile, since I would say 10 years. Jochen was coaching me for in total amount of time. He was coaching me for three years, two seasons in under 14. No, actually, two years in under 16 and one year in under 14. And overall, he is the person who has contributed the most to my development as a player and he is I can say I'm convinced that he is the coach who was really focusing on development and I was looking forward to this episode with him since a very long time and I'm very happy that we got the opportunity to speak to him um, as I think overall his his path is very interesting the way how he has been growing the way how he's been how he's educating himself and just the passion for his game and what I appreciate so much about his personal personality is just his kindness how friendly he is and how helpful he is and overall he he we i have a really good relationship with him and he is actually the person who encouraged me to start coaching even when i was already a little bit younger when i was still playing he said that maybe that would be some something good for you but at this time when i said ah i don't want to do coaching and he he stayed with it and then at some point I moved to Dresden and he was there as well. And then I started coaching. So I'm very happy that he was encouraging me over a longer time. Yeah, Rick, it was uh, it was great to get to know Johan a little bit on, on my side. It was the, the first time I got to interact with him and, and, you know, it hit me right away. This guy, you know, he, he's really passionate about the game of hockey and about the, the players inside the game and, and the humans inside the game. So it was, a, it was a lot of fun to talk to him, and it was uh, a really interesting episode, you know, just exploring his his pathway growing up in, in West Berlin and, and kind of coming back to, to coaching after playing. And, you know, he had such a long playing career that it was uh, it was great to, to see him kind of talk about his transition into coaching and, and what he took away from that. So... You know, without further ado, let's let's kick it over to the, the interview and we hope everyone enjoys. So we would like to welcome on Jochen Molling. Jochen and I are knowing each other for 10 years. I've been playing for Jochen three years and we kept in touch since ever then and it's finally I'm very happy that we can interview today about your journey as a coach so first of all how are you doing today Jochen and how's everything going in Berlin uh, I'm fine so far uh, we we had practice we, with my team the under 20 from the ice band Berlin we're not allowed to to play on the weekend so we I'm, I'm glad that we can talk together and and I'm looking forward for the conversation. Yeah, that's great. We're excited to have you here. And as Rick mentioned, he, he knows you, but uh, I don't and, and our listeners don't. So could you please uh, give us a brief overview of, of yourself and kind of where you grew up, uh, the sports and activities that you pursued as a youth and, and kind of what you're currently doing now? Yeah, okay. I'm, my name is Jochen Molling. I'm 47. I'm, I'm a German. Now I'm act working for the under 20 for the ice band Berlin. I, I, I grew up in Berlin. I, I was born in Berlin, but uh, in the West part. So it was a, a little bit different to, to everything. I started playing hockey when I was six. Then I, I, turned, I played for the West Berlin team. It's Preussen Berlin called and I turned there with 18 pro. Played seven, 17 years as a pro in the DEL and the second league. And yeah, when, when I was young, I, I played, played hockey. On the, on the club, I played only hockey. But like, like old German boys, we played soccer outside after school, in school. When Boris Becker won Wimbledon, everybody bought a tennis racket. We played tennis on the wall with each other. So that was one, yeah, was I I was doing in the youth, and yeah, and when I when I stopped playing hockey as a pro, I thought about what what would should be nice. I I tried to make my when I 
when I was finishing my pro career, I was, I was 32. I did my first uh, coach's license in Germany. You, when you played national team, you had the chance to start with a B license. Uh, and I, I did that. And, uh, and, and I, I liked it after I played two more years as a pro. And then I went back to my uh, Preußen Berlin, where I was in the 80s and 90s was a big t uh, team in Germany. They, they played in the first league. But when I went back as a coach, it was like I was only in the third league and the youth hockey wasn't that good anymore. They, we had no rink. We had no home rink. The, we've been traveling around in Berlin for three years and always yeah, didn't know where to play or, or practice. So it was a tough time, but it was a good time. And, and, and then I, I like, I like being a coach and, and, and it was good. After that, I, I went to, for three years to Bavaria, to Rosenheim. It was a really traditional town and really, yeah, you know, in Bavaria was it's always a lot of hockey is going on there. Every small town have their own rink and, uh, and it was really interesting to, to work there. And uh, after three years again, I, I moved on. Then I went to uh, Dresden, is a town in, in, in Sachsen, an area of Germany. I've been there as an under 20 coach, assistant in the second league. And the last year I was a head coach. And like, it's always in men's hockey. I, when you don't win, you lose your job. I was, but afterward, I would say it was really good experience. And after all those years traveling around in Germany, I now I'm being back in Berlin and uh, working for the Eisbären Berlin, and that's where I'm now. Twenty years, uh, uh, I'm now here working for under twenty, and uh, it's it's quite interesting. It's good, good job. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned you, you started playing hockey around the age of six. So how did you get started in, in ice hockey and then kind of what drew you to the sport? Yeah, it was like my, my dad played a little bit when he, he was young. My, my mother was a figure skater when she was young. So she, they always, she, they tried me when I was four to push me to hockey if I'd been interested. I, but I didn't really like it. But then I was six. I said, okay, that's, why not play hockey? And they would say, oh, okay. And then it, that's how it started. My, my mom took me always to, to skate, to go with her, skate a little bit. To, they always said, yeah, you, you have to skate if you wanna, wanna play hockey. And so I, we went go skating with my mom for, I think six months, we just skate and, and done that. And then I went to my first hockey practice and that's what it. And then we start, I started playing hockey. Well, and as we see, then you had a pretty long career and you're still involved, which is very, very good. And what is your, well, actually you have so many, as we said, you spent so much time in ice hockey already, but what is your favorite memory in ice hockey? I, I, I thought about it. I thought about a lot about that question. And I think the, the best memory is the daily atmosphere in the locker room. Really was the best thing. If you have that uh, building friendship with your with, with people, you have the same interest and sure, there are games you won, maybe you win. But I think really the, my favorite memory is when you sit after a hard, hard practice or a good game or a tough, tough game in the locker room and you know you could uh, be with a guy who has the same interest like you and you build friendships. And, and that's the good thing. When, when I look back, I, I had... Uh, I met a lot of people and still I, I knew a couple guys and say, I'm happy to say that they are my friends. And that's, I think that's the best memory from hockey from my side. So Rick and I have interviewed now a, a few coaches that have had the chance to coach in some Olympics. And I believe I'm correct in saying we, we've never interviewed a, a player. So you were able to represent Germany in the 1998 Olympic games. What was, what was that experience like? And, and and what did you take away from that? Uh, for, for me, it was like in Olympics, I always watched like world championships and the Olympics in the television. And it was great for me to be there. 
And in the 98 in Nagano was the first time the NHL guys come, come there. So it was great for, for me to be there. Uh, for, for the Germans, we had to play in a regulation game against uh, uh, Japan, uh, Belarus, and I think France. So, and we didn't make it because we lost to Belarus, but it was great to be in the, in, in the village with the other sports, with the, with the other sports from your own country. You, you live in the same buildings and, and after the couple of days, all the NHA players came in and you saw them walking around like Gretzky from, from, uh, from Canada. Then you got the guys from Sweden, Forsberg, Sundin and all these guys from US was like Brian Reach and was great to see them live. But that was really, really, really great. Everybody wants to play Olympics and you can see with all the NHL players now, they, they want to go there because it's uh, uh, everybody, kid, every kid dreams about it to go there. And was, yeah, great, great experience. Yeah, I must have been. And it's so unique if you make, make the experience as an athlete to go to the Olympic Games. And as you have been describing already um, in the beginning that you grew up in uh, Germany and at this time Germany was still separated and you grew up in East Germany, uh, in West Germany, sorry. And it was called the BRD. So what kind of, what kind of influence did ice hockey have on you growing up in West Germany? Yeah, for, for, for us in West Berlin, it was a little bit different, you know, but because it wasn't, uh, we, we lived on the island, you can say, surrounded by a wall and we couldn't, we don't have, if we want to go for road games, we had to travel. That was the, the biggest thing, what, what, I, what I was different to everybody else, you know, we have to, for the road games, we have to travel. If we, we want to play in uh, our closest was like 200 kilometers. We had to take the, the bus. You have to go through two borders before you can you be uh, there. And, and you never know how long it takes because sometimes the police from the East Germans look at your bus and you maybe stay there for two hours because you, they uh, saw something, what they want to see in your bus. And it was crazy times. Was, But... Uh, with with the Preussen team I played was was number one sometimes of the one number one in 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 Berlin in West Berlin so was was great to to have that there but the road game's been tough and all the teams who come have to travel to you so it was yeah a little bit different to what what everybody was used to or what is nowadays there in Berlin. Yeah, and did you follow any ice hockey when you were young? And if so, how did you do it? Because it was totally different time, as you have been saying as well. Yeah, yeah, it was it was different than than what it was now. Uh, we watched TV. You saw the the normal, the first league you can watch on TV, and you follow the world championships for sure. But and, and it was a little bit uh, was good in 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 West Berlin. We could follow the East German TV too. And they showed because of the the East Europe things. Uh, they show a lot the Russians and Czech Republic and all that stuff. And for me, it was really the we couldn't see so much the NHL, but so we saw. I saw a lot of the Soviets, and that's been my heroes there. And I like that style of hockey, and that really influenced me as a still now as a coach. I really like that passing, sharing the puck skating and like fakes and deception what they already did when yeah in the 80s and it was great to see and that really yeah still influenced me and i think i it's great to see that how hockey was now developing in that kind and still the the mix with the canadian hockey and uh, it's great to, great to see and it's still it's my uh, how i think hockey and it's funny when i look backward that's, uh, I always liked that. And now I, I still try to teach that way that we uh, put things of what they done in practice and how my team should play. So shifting here a little bit to, to kind of the coaches that you had throughout your, your playing career, which of those, if you can say, had the, the biggest impact on you and, and, and why was that so impactful? 
Uh, first, we uh, we had good, really good coaches when in our organi Berlin organization. We had a Canadian, a Swedish, a guy from Czech Republic, a German Polish guy who really influenced me, and they really, yeah. When I look back, was really we had really, really good coaches. We had one guy who was uh, his name was Jim Setters. He was from the University of Calgary. He after he's done with the Preussen, he was the, the 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 for the German Federation for work for the German Federation for 20, 20 years for coach development, and he was really yeah he he was really really good. And then I had uh, in national team I was at George Kingston. He was a Canadian guy. He was more a quiet guy, more a teacher, like he was when he yeah. And that was really interesting. And then I got a German national coach, Hans Sach. He was really, yeah, he was really the little bit classic German coach, but he really put the team first. He was honest to each, each player was really tough sometimes, but it was good too. And he really looked on, on details, on the basic stuff and was really, really good. And I, I really liked that, that way too. Um, but overall, you can say you, you can learn from everybody. You, know, you can learn from everybody if it's, if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But I think you can, can take away something from everybody. And that's what I, I was always really looking hard on the coach, what we were saying, make it sense, make it no sense. And, uh, and it was, uh, I, I'm glad that I had all those coaches because they made me what I am now. Isn't especially Hans Sach, he has a very, very big influence on the German hockey. And I still remember when I was growing up and I always enjoyed watching um, the teams who Hans Sach was coaching to watch. I always enjoyed to watch his teams playing, I mean. And because, as you say, and always if there was any interviews, he was so honest with the reporters right away. And also when he later joined the... Uh, broadcasters the way he was broadcasting was a little bit different but very interesting and he always always searched for the details so I enjoyed it a lot and I'm happy that I have the opportunity that I grew up in that generation where Hans Sach was still such a big influence and now now this is a very interesting question because I don't remember which year it was but it was I remember it was late in the 80s and late in the 90s when the German Federation decided that more foreign players could play in Germany and you were playing actually at this time. How was that received by the players and how, how did that influence the German hockey? It was tough for the players. You know, first you had like two, three imports in the, in the teams and all the rest in German or who had the German passport. Or, and now it suddenly was, you had no, no limits. You, they've been like, first was, like I said, like two, three imports and then you only been, you had, have had to be five Germans, so the rest was imports, and it was was like national players playing in second league or going to to England or was that was tough. It was really tough, and sometimes you don't. Nowadays you have uh, eleven license in the first German league, to, and these days it doesn't matter how how many players you got. I think one year like one team had. 40 or 45 players and it was like you never know who is sitting in the, in the lock right beside you and that was was really really crazy and for the developing for the youth hockey was was like they saw no future the young guys who grow up they they said okay we we maybe go to school or go study go to the university we don't try to go play hockey because yeah there there wasn't they didn't saw a chance to do that but, but, but still in that time, there came really good players out. There came out like uh, Marco Sturm, uh, who was an NHL player. Then you got uh, uh, Christian Ehrhoff and Dennis Seidenberg. They came all out. And, and that's really what they, we learned at that time to, to battle, battle, battle for the place you want to play. And, and everybody got play better because it wasn't easy to, to play in the, in the first league. And when you see the national team, when you come together in the national team, you it was like 
great to come together as a team. You first, like, in every team you played in the league, everybody spoke English, and then you came to the national team and you you speak German, you know, was in the team. And it was, that was great. And that, we, we've been in the, in the early 2000s, we went to uh, three times to the quarterfinals in the world championships. And you saw, we maybe it wasn't that talented group, but we battled hard, we fought for each other and was, and that was great. And yeah, but I think for the development part of German hockey, uh, that was hard, it was hard. And you see it now that it's getting better when you mentioned, I think it was, 1996 when that happened so it took at least uh, 14 years or a little bit longer to get a little bit your own yeah, identity back for German hockey and that you see now now coming that we get the, our own identity back in German hockey and see more young players coming in to the first league and you see now in the, in the draft like we got a couple of players who've been drafted, and I think that's uh, the the part what uh, what changed, uh, what what took a little bit. Really, that really took a little bit. That we after that '96 uh, when all the imports came in was tough for us, and we lost uh, a little bit our identity. And now we're back, and I think it's 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 a good way what what German hockey goes in in that last moments. Yeah, and a, a couple um, recent players coming out of, of Germany as well, and it's it's nice to see that uh, it seems to be to to be growing and, and everything like that. So, um, kind of moving into your your coaching career a little bit now, can you describe briefly your your coaching philosophy and, and kind of the the core values that that guide you in a way? Yeah, it's. First of all, I think everybody should yeah, enjoy the game of hockey. I think it's the best way. It's the best sports. Uh, and if you come to the rink, you, you should love it to play that game. And that's, that's the thing what's most important for me, that when you come to the, to the, to the ring, just give your best, use, use your time in life to, to give your best what you, what you have, you know, because your life is so short. So if you choose to play, play hockey, then give all your best. And the, the next thing is that we, that, that I, as a coach, want to, want to help the, the players too, that they uh, want to uh, achieve their goals and become what they want they what they have and, and inspire them and, and help help them to become the best player and also the best person they could be and maybe reach something what they maybe dream about but maybe never uh, thought as could could be happen that's what what is what i see me as a coach and the core volume is like what what a what a say, said already i i be i always been a team team guy and i I will put the team first and every should come to the rocker room and enjoy it to be there and treat everybody with respect and and compete give every give give your best effort every day and and something something what was really and that's really what what Hans told us Zach told us too that have a good discipline if you have a good discipline you you earn freedom freedom to doesn't doesn't matter if you good in school you maybe can choose your job and don't have to take what what's uh, what you don't like or if you have good discipline in your conditioning you can play longer and uh, play at the end of the of the of the game and all that kind we want to want to give to the to the players what has had the largest impact on your core values I, I think it was a, a, a lot. I, I think my my parents taught me that too, and raised me. And then when I, yeah, when what, what I saw, what what I what I like, and who who I am, and how I feel, then it's that's that's I what I what I'm standing for. 
and that's that's I think is the most uh, it's the largest impact like my parents then my 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 friends and what what I think uh, how what what I what I like what who I am what I am and that was really thinking about really sitting down and then thinking who I am and what make me tick and 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 then I, I figure out by myself that's that's the things I, I really like and that's what I'm standing for and that's what I why I'm doing that. So Jochen, when we especially when we talk about coaching, um, I think I can say that you are very passionate about ice hockey, extremely. And why do you coach overall? I, I think it's that's that's the thing. Like I wanna it's hockey is for me it's the best sport. And I I really love it. And and then the the thing is I I want to help players or people to to come to and and see what what you what hockey can give you to you to your life. Like you can build friendships, will stay along for their whole life. Uh, you you stick together as a team, and, and and you you need everybody in hockey. You know, I think hockey is the is that team sport. You know, there's no other sport team sport like you use can use everybody. You know, there are 20 guys on the bench and you you use everybody on, on the ice. You need the guys who play power play. You need the guys who play PK. You need the guys who score. You need the guys who blocking the shots and playing uh, defense. And, and that's the and that's the great, great thing. And that's how it is in life, too. You you need the lawyer, but you need still need the the guy who construction guy on the street and be the best guy, be the best construction guy and maybe be the best lawyer. And the same is like be the best goal scorer and be be the best blocking shot blocker. And that's, I think, that's a good thing about hockey and about life too. And that's what, what's all about to to use your time in in life and do do your job and find the thing you love. And that's, I think that's that's why I'm uh, that's why I'm a hockey coach. Yeah, I think that's a very um, honest answer. So thank you, Johan. I think that was uh, that was great. So looking back at your your career now, um, how has a, a failure or an apparent apparent failure kind of set you up for for later success? Uh, another way of asking this is just: Do you have a, a favorite favorite failure of yours? Looking back. Oh, I, I, I don't think I don't have that favorite failure, but they are always always failure mistakes and and that's I think I, I really try to learn from all my failures. But um, some as, as a coach, I think when what what I learned in the last years that if yeah if you're not sure with your decisions and all that, stick to your core values. Even if you're, you have that your core values, write them down. And if you get yeah, don't know sometimes or about the decision, really come back to the core, to the to your core. And if it doesn't fit your core, then don't do it. That's what I really learned uh, too when I was at the pro, my short pro, pro uh, coaching career. I that's what I learned. Like stick to your core values. Doesn't matter. If you're not sure. So especially the, the field of coaching is a very wide one. And um, but that's why we're also in that education that we actually learn how to coach. And how do you actually educate yourself continuously? I, I think there's so, so many ways in the modern world to, to educate yourself. I think you, you can look in the internet. There are so many stuff where you what you can learn you can go to instagram facebook where you look around and find some some yeah uh, some stuff what you can take to you you can read books you have on their online clinics and i've been i went to clinics in canada i was in in toku for a couple of days to 
been on the ice when they're under 16 and under 18. So I'm, I'll be, be open for that. I'm watching hockey. I'm talking to people like you guys. And I, sometimes I, I go to Czech Republic. It's not far away. Okay, in the moment not. But other days we go to Czech Republic and, and watching practices there and just see what other guys do and talk and find always an edge to them. And, and, and I think that's, that's, that's the best way to educate yourself and still be a, a lifelong learner. And that's, that's, uh, that, I think that's, that's good. And that's really good for, for the players too, if they, that you can teach them like they still learn, uh, read books. I think that's, that's one of the most important things like that they start reading books because in the nowadays they, uh, not, not so many guys reading books. So, so I think even when, when I talk to my players, they always know <laughs> they, they don't read. So I, this season we start to hand them out books. What, we asked them what you're interested in, and we gave them out books. To, and then it's interesting what they're saying then when you give them and said, oh, that was interesting. So oh, maybe, maybe here, here's another one. Maybe you try this one. And it's, it's funny. And they actually like it. And it's, it's good to, to see that. Johan, what's, what's one thing that you've kind of learned um, throughout your coaching career that, that from these sources that you've really kind of taken away and, and really implemented into your coaching? What again? So, sorry, I didn't... Yeah, no worries. Um, so what's, what's one thing that you've, you've learned from, the, from these sources, books, or just talking to other coaches and clinics that, that you've really taken away and, and put into your coaching? There, there's so many stuff you you can, I think. Uh, with 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 clinics, it's always inter interesting. When I when I was in, in in Canada, it was like you got yeah you. The online stuff I, I like it's okay, but you you meet the people and you still talk to the people again. And I think you you can share and talk to them, and that's good good. Like again, the relationship to to the guy to the guys and then I was in, in Finland I was uh, lucky to be on, in Turku on the ice and how they work on the basics like that was great to see too what they really uh, be, they've been open they've been so open in Finland that's I think you guys have been lucky to work there so they they let you on the ice you they take your your phone and you can make a video of the kids uh, doing the drills and that's really great to see how they, they share their knowledge and that's, that's great to see. And that's really, I like, and that's, uh, and that's the way to, you have to do it, I think. And it was great to see how they do it. Yeah, so. Um, before the conversation, uh, Rick, Rick mentioned to me that you've you started coaching kind of at the youngest levels and, and worked your way up to, to now you're under 20. So how has that process um, helped you kind of become the coach that you are now? Yeah, it was like I, I saw it as a, as a job. I know I, I wouldn't be the, okay, I start and I, I know everything. And uh, that's why I thought, okay. And I, re I wrote a I read a lot and I, I read a lot about like uh, Italian soccer coaches and they've been everybody was like um, Saki who was an AC Milan the, the really successful soccer coach and I look at what he's done and he was starting as a junior coach and then I looked a little bit around in Italy and there was always like all the coaches starting at the, in the junior, junior soccer and I said okay I think uh, I'm not the guy to start right away in the pros. I really want to learn it. And that's, that's why, why I started in juniors. And, was, and, and, that's how, and now what I think it's really, I want to learn everything about the game, you know? And I really learned to, um, for kids, you have to be really explain the details in a simple way that they could understand it. And even if you see, still see it as a, the old player, uh, if you've got an older player or a men's player, even the simpler you can explain things, it's better to they understand it. And 
And, and that's really what, what I learned to work with the kids and even like all the details, what you, yeah, what you need to do a tight turn. So explain how they be on the edges, how they shift their weight and how the hips are and the heads are. And that's, and yeah, that's, that's really, really helped me as a, when I start really start when from the, from the youngest level and, and I learned next thing is not only the what's going on on the ice it's all the things around and you you know as a as a coach it's it's not always you've been on the ice it's so much around working with the parents working if you play be with older players with agents already and and that's a tough part and even when we've been in berlin there was so much other stuff we had to do and it was crazy but but if you go back on the ice, it was, it's always a grand, great. And uh, that's why you do it. Jochen, your, your playing and your coaching path has been very interesting because as a player, you have been mentioning already, you played for George Kingston, you played for Hans Sach. I know you played for Dave King, you played for Bill Stewart, you worked with Bill Stewart. And there are just so many people. And what are some of the ideas you have taken from coaches either in your playing career or in your coaching career that you use in your coaching nowadays? Yeah, I, I think I will, will come back to one of my, my junior coach and and again to, to Hans Sach too, but they 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 done it. They always had a, like Hans had always a time on, I think, to have like 10 or 15 minutes to, to start the practice to work on your basic basic stuff on your technical stuff and that's really what what I'm doing now too like a little bit different than Hans but it's always like okay we first talk to the guys on what, on what they want to practice and really they should make a plan for it where you where we can achieve it so where uh, it's not only that we say what they have to do but they they got their own time and they uh, say on what they want to work and how they want to become better and then we give them time and, and take a look and and then afterward we after a couple of weeks or months we sit again together and and talk about well you like what you've done and they said yeah i've been better I said okay then maybe work on the next thing and and that's really it's funny when i look backward i i had it with hans sach and i had it with a uh, our our junior coach jim setters with preussen berlin that they done it with us and it's and I really like it uh, that's really really like it that they the it's a the game is it's a game of the players and they took uh, they they should think about what they want and how they want and and that's that's what's hockey about they 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 have the game is the game is so uh, so fast and so quick so they have to make their own decisions so they have to think a little bit more about the game and what they want to do on the ice and why they want to do it on the ice and how they become better. And that's really what I liked on, even like Hans was so tough and he was tough, but that was a good, good, good part of him. And I, I really like that. And when I talk to other coaches from Finland and Sweden, they, they do it now right the same way. And it's, it's funny that Hans Sach did it already. So when we're speaking about the environment, um, as we, we speak a lot about this here in our show as well, and could you describe the ideal team environment or culture that you want in your team and how do you develop it? Yeah. Um, I, I, want a, I want an environment where everybody like to come to the locker room, to everybody should like love it to come to the locker room and, and enjoy the time there and they could be the person they are they can free to speak and that's really what i want for the environment and the culture and and uh, and the next thing is what what what, what i am always doing sure I, I have my values but then we we sit the, the players together and find their own values and that and that's really what I like because I 
I, I have my things, what, what I like. I, uh, I like to ride a bike to the rink, but I, sometimes the guys are, what are you doing? No, why you do that stuff? But they, they're different people. And so they have to find their, their values to what they want to do. And, and I think it's really good that they find their values and how they want to do it and uh, how you, and then they, we sit together after they've done that with the values. And then I have to always look and okay, you, you like, like your values, you do it on a daily basis. And, and that's, yeah, you make them accountable with that. And that's the most part of them that everybody is accountable to each other. And, uh, and that's, that's what, I, what I like. And then the, the next thing is what I like that everybody competes and we always doing different games like everybody. We, we have uh, uh, the winners maybe uh, have, have get, a, get, get a present for, for the win. And, and this, this season we have like a, a scorer of the month uh, trophy. So we always count the goals and in one a small area game we always count the goals and then after the after the month we we present them a golden stick for the for the for the score of the month so we want that too that everybody's like uh, come in and and compete and give give them the best effort every day What about the relationships that you you build with your players what what do you want that to look like and, and how do you develop that relationship? I, I think it's like with, like with everybody, you see them as a normal person. They, they should be open. They, they, they should come the best way to, if they have a problem, to, they come to you and talk to them. They stood up for themselves, for their opinion. And, and we, oh, it's like talking to them like, how is their normal life? How, how their feelings, how are, what's going on in school? Or what do they doing after, after, after the games or just making a little bit fun with them? And I think that's the, and then you see that, there's, that you're interested in their life. And, and then that's, that's, a, that's a, I think that's, that's a bit really important that you're really inter interested in them and that they can feel that you're interested in, in you and that you can trust them and that you've been honest to them if you do some good stuff and sometimes they maybe uh, don't, don't be so, uh, they have to work on some stuff or don't uh, done so much good things and, and still they can see if we done, have done something wrong or we're not that, stupid and say okay we we so perfect no we we do i do mistake as a coach too and if i i've done that then i've been open to and tell to, to the guys okay sorry guys no wasn't wasn't my fault sorry next time i'll be better so i think that's that's good too for them to see that we are not uh, we don't know everything but we we too want to want to get better and uh, be and uh, and I think that's 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 the relationship I, I we want with them. Yeah, that's that's great. And then going into kind of the, the team development process when you when you first start with a team, uh, what does that look like? And and why do you place such an emphasis on this development process? Yeah, on the ice we always always start with the basics. You know, we start with skating, with passing with with shooting it it really takes the first two two weeks and when we go on the ice go on the ice with the guys we always start with it i think it's if you, you can do the good the basic stuff you can do the more advanced stuff too but first you yeah you you have to do do that and if you look at other sports if you look at tennis or golf you they, they work on the basic, they work on their forehand, they on the backhand every day, every day, every day. And that's, that's why we, I always start with that. And it's always a, a part of the daily, daily practices to put some, some of the basics in. And, and that's, uh, that's really, really, really important to me and work on it, work on it. 
And if you if you look on the on, on the great players like like Conor McDavid and all that stuff, everybody said, "Oh, look at how fast he is! How he good stick handling and all that stuff." And that's yeah, I think it's really important to work on that stuff. And 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 then what what's also important is is passing because it's a team sport and it's more fun to share the puck and and to play with each other. That's the that's really the next thing. What's important important to me, like passing, receiving, sharing the puck, and playing together. Jochen, I know also if you if you take a team over the first time that maybe the first season isn't 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 that good, then the future will be. And from from your experience, I know that the second and the third season it's just going better and better, and players are developing a lot. Why do you? especially set a high emphasis on this kind of process? Yeah, maybe, maybe I, I think it's, it would take time to, to, uh, to be better. And I, I, I like what I said, like whether we uh, do certain things and sometimes it's not, um, uh, they, they had different culture, but I, I like, I like that to work on the basics and, being a team and everybody is uh, treated the same and everybody have to speak up and sometimes it's they're not used to it i can see it and they you you have the relationship between the the coach and uh, between me and the players have to develop and i i think it take will take time but or i i already saw it, it would always take time a little bit with me maybe i'm a little bit uh, uh different or I don't know that's that's how it, it always took time uh, but uh, I think it's 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 a process what you already you guys always said it takes takes a little bit of time and maybe you win not the first game but you you win for yeah not right away but maybe in the next thing the next years but at the end you will win because yeah. that's That's the thing, how I think the long-term development, what's better than just the quick wins. About, oh, well, it's a little bit longer. It's one and a half years ago, I think, when I started the second year of my studies. You, you gave me actually a great recommendation that I should maybe start sometimes um, using app, which is called Waking Up from Sam Harris. And um, it's guided meditation. And... It's actually, it was my first time that I got in touch with meditation and mindfulness. And I really sat down and really thought about these things a little bit more. Um, how has, has mindfulness made a contribution and positive impact in, into your life? I think it's, you, you have to be, I think that there's so so much happening, you know, in life, in, in everything, and it's not in your hand. And you always be, you you know what what is your in your hands, and and sometimes you have to uh, recognize what's in in your hand, and can't say okay, that's uh, to be a little bit more relaxed in that way, and know what you what you can do what you what your thoughts is what you can do in life and sometimes if somebody other do it wrong or so that's that's it's not your yeah you you can can change the people it's only you what you can do and that's that's you can think about it not about everybody else is doing because you can't can't change the people sometimes. So that's really what I learned about meditation and be a little bit more relaxed in certain situations. And yeah, I think that's why it was really good for me. And, uh, and even like if you, uh, as an example, okay, if you, if a referee didn't see you uh, make a mad, a bad, bad call, yeah, okay, you, that's, that's happened. It's not your, your thing. You, you can't, can't change it. It's what he's done. And so, Uh, you what you can teach us then okay guys okay that's that's the how the game is goes sometimes the referee fucks up now we play pk so but we still 
can play good PK, and that's I think uh, what what's what's a lot in life sometimes maybe do not how you want to do it, one like it that can change it. You have to do what you can do for that, and that's uh, well, well, that's really really good was really good for me. So Johan, you. You gave us some great stuff so far. We have we've one kind of final question for you here. If you could speak to a a young Johan Molling um, when you just started out as a as a coach, uh, what are the what are the key learnings that you've had so far that that you would share with him? I, I think this goes with 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 meditation stuff. Don't overthink stuff thousand times in your head afterward. And okay, you can analyze stuff, but then leave it alone, and then move on sometimes that's really what i what i was really thinking about that sometimes you you after games you lay in the bed can't sleep because you're thinking about that this and that everybody know it but sometimes you okay it's it's okay now move on and i think that's uh, one of my best uh, I, re I really still have to <laughs> work on that but that's really what what i'm uh, trying to get better with. Yeah, and before we, before we finish this here, do you have any resources you could recommend to us? And if so, which one and why? Yeah, I, I got some books and I, I really, really like these books. One is uh, the, it's, it's a book about Scotty Bowman. It's about from Ken Dryden, his, his goalie from the Montreal Canadiens. And I think it's a great read about all the hockey history. Uh, I didn't know it so much about Canadian hockey, how that, uh, uh, how that everything developed. It starts with uh, the Scotty Bowman's way when he starts coaching, how he first played. And that was, in my ways, was, was really great, great for hockey history and how he thinks and how, how he, uh, done things and still things and was that was really good then i had a had a book like coach better every season i think you guys know that i think you you had the author in the in your broadcast and it's really it's really really good book i i read i read it uh, that summer and you can really take it to to the hand in every uh, every yeah every part of of the season there yeah, they have some advices in it, and it's, I think it's it's really good. You have to can say every every coach can read it, and everybody finds some edge to it to what they can use for the daily uh, trainings and coaching. And then I, I like the books from from Ryan Holiday. It's like stillness is the key. It's a little about the philosophers in in the, in Rome how they. What they've done, that what their what their values are, and what uh, how they like the, the, that's been guys who've been living two thousand years ago, but still what the the values you can take to these days and how you can use them. I, I think it's good books, and I heard that there are a lot of players uh, in, in the NHL reading those books or sportsmen reading those books, and you can take a lot from them too. Really, really interesting, and really think in different ways, and see that what people done like two thousand years ago, and we, uh, and they've really been smart people. That's really, really figure out how smart they've been, and it's uh, it's a long, long time ago, and we still uh, you can uh, take those values and use it every day in your daily day daily routine. Johan, thanks for joining us today. Um, I know Rick was excited to get you on the show and I think it's long overdue and, and now I have a better understanding why. So thanks for being so open and, and, and sharing so much and we really appreciate it and we wish you the, the best of luck with the remainder of this season and, and hope that you guys can return to, to playing games and back to normalcy here pretty quick. Yeah, really, really thank you to to you guys. Good luck in Finland. And it was really an honor for me to, to talk to you guys and all the success for your podcast and really hoping seeing each other at some point again.
So uh, a great chance to talk to Johan today about his kind of journey as a coach and, and how he's picked up different things from, from coaches throughout his playing career and throughout his coaching career and, and kind of how he, he has become kind of the coach he is today. And, you know, the, the thing that I, I really took away um, is just his, his philosophy and his core values, you know, and just starting that off by just saying, just enjoy the, the game of hockey and enjoy what it has to give you and enjoy the environment around it, the people around it. And just, just you know, he, it shows how passionate he is about the game and about the people that play the game. So I thought that was a, a really interesting piece that, that highlights really well who he is as a, as a human. Yes, I can totally agree. And I need to say also, even though I know him meanwhile for a very long time and I'm in touch with him on a regular basis, there are a lot of things I did not know. So it's always very interesting to explore new things. And by the way, when he started that his best memory is being the daily atmosphere in the locker room, being around the rink, regardless if it's as a player or as a coach, that's something he always emphasizes and he he really implements it into his own coaching and he really is living it up. And also what I really enjoyed about the conversation as he has been phrasing is that that we need to use our time to give our best. We all, we, we're talking so much about it. We, we need to give our best, but we really need to use our time. And again, it goes back that time is available resource and we really need to use this in a sensible way. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, going back to, to his, his values a little bit, you know, just you, you asked him why he coached and the, and, right after he explained his values and his philosophy. And I think his answer to that was really interesting, you know, help people see what, what hockey can give you, you know, what it can give you in terms of life lessons, in terms of, you know, lessons about working hard, lessons about hard times that you have to go through adversity. There's so much that the game of hockey can teach you and sports can teach you in general. I thought that was a, a really interesting reason to coach. And it goes back to the, the value that he has of just helping players achieve their goals and, and helping them be the best person that they can be. And, you know, those tie so well into each other. And, and I think that that's a, a really important piece to, to have your why connect to your, your values as well. And I think that's, that's a big thing for, for a coach to have. And, you know, it also goes a little bit into the environment that he wants to create for, for his teams and his players and, you know, he started out that section of the interview off by just saying that everyone wants to come and be themselves and feel safe enough to, to be themselves. And looking back at Laura Andelin's episode on our show, it, it, it's highlighted so well there as well that, you know, that's a key piece to, to getting better and feeling safe is, is being yourself. And I think that that all ties together really well. And I think that is, uh, it's something that's really important to have that come from, you know, your core values and, and what is actually important to you so that was that was really interesting as well yes and also what i liked a lot is that how he has been explaining is that inside that environment and connecting this to his core values that is if you have good discipline you have freedom and i think that's something that's very powerful because if you think think about it that about if i think about my own coaching the more i see a player puts in the work and it has, has a certain, displays a certain attitude, the more freedom the player gets automatically. And overall, what I also just enjoyed so much about the conversation is that how he's actually all the time encouraging the camaraderie between the players all the time. And we, that in, when, when you play ice hockey, you really need everyone in the sport. And that's important. You need 20 players, you need the goalies, Everyone needs to stick together and there needs to be that cohesion and that camaraderie. Yeah, it was really cool to hear him highlight that so much. And it goes back to, you mentioned it as well, his favorite memory of just being in the team locker room, you know, and just being together with your teammates and, and that those relationships and everything that you build with your teammates, you know, it's, it's so, it's such a big part of the, the game and all team sports. And it, it's, it's really important to, to know is just kind of a life skill as well, how to work within a team and, and everything like that. So that was really interesting. My, my final takeaway is um, from this conversation is just that, you know, he mentioned that it's a, it's a game for the players and, and that it's his kind of 
job as a coach to to kind of get them to think for themselves and, and play the game for themselves and 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 just really let that personality and and the identities of the players shine through the game and and I think that that was uh, a really interesting piece of the, the conversation as well. Yeah, and definitely. I have one one more I have that it's also found it very interesting at the end of the episode when we were asking him that what kind of resources he would recommend and he recommended really interesting people. Also, a few other guests have recommended the same. I, re I remember he recommended uh, Ryan Holiday, the book from Scotty Bowman, and he's always someone who is encouraging everyone to read. He's encouraging his players to read and that's really great to see it. And it's always fun to exchange, to talk with him about these things. And it's, it's important to encourage our players to read because it's our responsibility to help them to find their pathway. Yeah, for sure. And I can't remember if it was in the episode or, or just after when we were finalizing our conversation with him, when you mentioned that, you know, he gives his team a book every year and, and, they read it and, and they discuss about it and they talk about it and just encourages them to, to find new knowledge on their own and then kind of and kind of pick up on things. So I think that's a, a good place to wrap it up for today's show. Uh, thanks everybody for listening and we, we hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to connect with the show on social media at the coaches road. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also check out our new homepage, the coaches road.com and have a good weekend and we will see you on Monday for our episode with Ted Soikunen.